Agodormans Multivoice Portrait, written by Apple Seeds and read by Sky Asimaru and Chap. Chapter 4 Distraction Techniques Summary Crowley comforts and distracts Aziraphale while they watch a scary movie. Author's notes contain spoilers for The Conjuring. Aziraphale lets Crowley choose what they were going to watch, since he admitted not having much experience with these kinds of films. Crowley decided on The Conjuring. It seemed like the perfect choice. Not too gory or intensely terrifying, with just the right number of jump scares to hopefully incite a little bit of comforting cuddling. Crowley even suspected, given the number of mysterious old objects Aziraphale had scattered around his bookshop downstairs, that he might find all the occult artifacts in the film interesting, particularly since it was inspired by a true story. Oh dear, that doesn't look very pleasant, Aziraphale said apprehensively when the doll first appeared on screen at the beginning of the film. Crowley sniggered. <laughs> it's not supposed to be pleasant. No, I suppose not. Don't worry, I'm here to look after you, remember? <laughs> Crowley gently nudged Aziraphale in the side, and the bashful smile Aziraphale gave him in response made Crowley's heart flutter. This was going to be fun. Aziraphale seemed tense right from the beginning, as if he was expecting things to jump out all over the place. His preferred method of handling this was apparently to provide an ongoing verbal commentary, articulating his thoughts aloud. It was adorable. Oh, why did he leave the matches in there? He wouldn't have left the matches in there. That isn't very believable. Try not to think about it too much. But what if the demon sets the house on fire? Is that what happens? Mm, do you really want me to tell you what happens? That depends on how scary it's going to be. You know, a demon wouldn't need to be left a box of matches. I'm sure it would be quite capable of setting fire to the house if it wanted to. But the camera lingered on the matches, and they must be important. Crowley cringed and leaned in closer to whisper in Aziraphale's ear. <laughs> Keep watching and find out. Aziraphale sat quietly for a little while, hands clasped in his lap, with his posture firmly upright, in stark contrast to Crowley, who was leaning back and sprawling over the sofa. <gasps> Is the demon possessing her? Aziraphale whispered as the sleepwalking girl walked into the wardrobe. Crowley chuckled. <laughs> Wait and see. Aziraphale narrowed his eyes and pulled his blanket up closer around him. It wasn't until the creepy jack-in-the-box made its first appearance that Aziraphale actually shuffled a little closer to Crowley, reaching out to take his hand. Oh, you okay? Oh, good. Nothing happened. 
Aziraphale sighed with relief when no demons or ghosts appeared despite the music clearly intending to build anticipation. <laughs> Not yet. <sighs> I thought there was going to be something scary in the mirror. I'm glad there was nothing there. Yeah. In that case, I think maybe you'd better keep holding on to my hand. <laughs> That's a very sensible suggestion. Thank you. <gasps> oh, oh dear. Oh, that's moving. Uh, that isn't the little girl, is it? Is it the demon? Aziraphale used his free hand to bring the blanket right up under his chin. Rowley had a feeling Aziraphale would be cuddling up to him pretty soon. He inched closer and closer, visibly tensing as the children in the film stared out of the open bedroom door. When the door unexpectedly slammed shut, Aziraphale gasped and reached out for Crowley, turning away from the television and hiding his face against Crowley's shoulder. Crowley wrapped his arm around him and pressed a kiss to the top of his head. After a little while, Aziraphale turned his head back towards the screen, but he stayed curled up next to him. No, don't go in there. Why would she go in there? Oh no, the matches! Oh, I hope it doesn't catch fire. When the ghostly hand suddenly appeared, Aziraphale sucked in a startled breath, his whole body jolting. He snuggled in closer and held onto Crowley tightly. It felt incredible to have Aziraphale's soft, warm body pressed up close to him again. When the hideous demon finally showed itself, Aziraphale buried his face in the crook of Crowley's neck. Crowley could feel him trembling slightly, his heart pounding so hard that his skin pulsated with it. Crowley soothingly stroked his back, and Aziraphale licked his lips where they rested against his neck, the tantalizing touch of the tip of his tongue making Crowley shiver. You okay, Angel? Mm -hmm. Aziraphale mumbled, nuzzling Crowley's neck. Crowley held him a little closer and kept sweeping his hand reassuringly up and down over his back. Oh no, it's going to appear in the mirror now, isn't it? Do you want me to try to distract you? Crowley whispered in Aziraphale's ear. He hovered his lips over Aziraphale's neck, just above the collar of his shirt. Yes, please. Crowley softly kissed his neck, and Aziraphale's chest started rising and falling rapidly, quite whimpers emerging from his throat. Is this good? Mm, thank you. Aziraphale gasped then as Crowley nibbled at his skin, just as he'd done in the castle. <gasps> Aziraphale's hand reached up towards his bow tie. But Crowley caught it and squeezed it with his own. No, please, let me. Aziraphale nodded rapidly, the film playing in the background now being ignored by both of them, as Crowley slowly undid Aziraphale's bow tie, 
and pulled it free from his collar before undoing the top few buttons of his shirt. Crowley locked eyes with him, holding his gaze as he slowly and deliberately freed each button, lightly grazing the base of Aziraphale's throat with his knuckles in the process. Crowley held the fabric aside and continued softly kissing Aziraphale's neck, smiling against his skin when he felt Aziraphale's fingers tenderly carding through his hair. <laughs> Maybe you should take this shirt off. It might be a good idea to get it in the wash. Get the fake blood out. Crowley suggested, not even trying to be subtle. Aziraphale's body shook against him as he laughed softly. <laughs> it's not really warm enough to take my shirt off. I could keep you warm. Crowley nuzzled against Aziraphale's neck, enjoying the satisfied little sounds he was making in response. Now that is a tempting thought, Aziraphale conceded, although his tone betrayed that he'd been angling for that all along. He gasped as Crowley resumed gently sucking and biting his neck. <sighs> Does that mean I can take your shirt off then? Crowley wheedled. Mm. Aziraphale released a shuddering breath and his head fell back against the sofa as Crowley sucked his skin a little harder. Yes, you've successfully tempted me. Crowley grinned and quickly got to work on the remainder of the buttons. Once liberated from his shirt, Aziraphale leaned forward and tucked it off before getting up from the sofa. Crowley pouted and had to restrain himself from reaching out for him. Uh, where are you going? To put my shirt in the washing machine. Ah, oh, that was just an excuse to encourage you to take your shirt off. Oh, really? I would never have deduced that. Aziraphale teased. Crowley nibbled on his bottom lip. It was a good suggestion regardless. I'll be right back. Uh, want me to pause the film? No, that's quite all right. I think I'll cope with missing some of it. Crowley's eyes followed Aziraphale's retreating form as he disappeared into the kitchen, his gaze drifting over the broad expanse of his back. Crowley licked his lips, an idea forming in his mind. He shoved the blanket aside and leapt up from the sofa, following Aziraphale into the kitchen, where he found him scooping detergent into the washing machine. Crowley waited until he closed the drawer and then looped his arms around Aziraphale's middle, resting his chin on his shoulder. Hello, my dear. Aziraphale trapped Crowley's arms against him and turned his head to give him a quick kiss on the cheek, the intimacy of it making Crowley's insides feel warmer. Did you want something? Aziraphale asked lightly as he set to controls on a washing machine. Got any whipped cream? Crowley whispered in Aziraphale's ear before running his tongue up along the length of his neck. Aziraphale grabbed the edge of the kitchen counter and pressed back against him. I... I'm afraid not. Too bad. 
Why? What did you have in mind? I enjoyed what we were doing in the castle earlier. Crowley leapt insistently at Aziraphale's skin, drawing a moan from him, and Aziraphale spun around in his arms, hips hovering less than an inch away from Crowley's, his shoulders rising and falling rapidly in time with his ragged breaths. Crowley slowly closed the distance, and very lightly pressed their lips together. Aziraphale whimpered and grabbed hold of his waist, returning his kiss, something that started so chaste and delicate, rapidly building in intensity, as Aziraphale crushed their lips together, his tongue probing into Crowley's mouth. Crowley leaned his weight against Aziraphale for support, starting to feel dizzy, as Aziraphale tightened his hold on him, and deepened their kiss even more. When they finally separated, Crowley was panting for breath, his trousers definitely starting to feel considerably tighter now. <sighs> oh, wow. Fuck. That was incredible. Aziraphale hummed his agreement and brushed his lips against Crowley's cheek a few times, making his skin tingle. Go and sit down. I'll join you in a minute, Aziraphale urged, his voice emerging deep and rough. Yeah, okay. Think I'll need to sit down after that. Aziraphale's flushed cheeks rounded as he smiled. He looked adorable and incredibly tempting. They shared another brief kiss before Crowley finally summoned the strength to drag himself away. He returned to the living room and lifted his feet up onto the sofa, tugging the blanket over his legs, his lips stretching into a smile as he relived their kiss in his mind. Aziraphale returned shortly after, carrying a cardboard box with what appeared to be, from the shiny purple packaging, a pile of Cadbury's chocolate bars balancing on top. Aziraphale squatted down and carefully deposited everything on the coffee table in front of the sofa, and Crowley's deduction was proven correct, several dairy milk chocolate bars scattering across the surface once Aziraphale set the box down. What's all this? I wasn't originally intending to go out tonight, so I bought some chocolate in case any children stopped by trick-or-treating. I suppose now I'll have to eat it all myself. Oh no, how terrible for you. Crowley said with a grin, enjoying the playful look in Aziraphale's eyes. Hmm, yes indeed. I was hoping you might like to help. Yeah, okay. I think I could manage that. What's in the box? It's an electric fondue pot. Since I don't have any whipped cream, I thought perhaps we could melt the chocolate instead. Crowley experienced a powerful surge of arousal as he visualized actually eating melted chocolate of a zero fare, tasting the rich, creamy sweetness against his skin. He involuntarily licked his lips. Oh, absolutely. Maybe you should take off your shirt, too. 
It's very nice. It would be a shame if you accidentally got chocolate on it. <laughs> and you were so concerned about me getting cold. You could wrap the blanket around your shoulders if you need to. Hm, fair enough. Let's do this. They briefly grinned each other before launching into action, crawling unbuttoning his shirt and Aziraphale removing the fondue pot from the box and plugging it in. He moved the box out of the way and switched the pot on before unwrapping the first bar of chocolate. How hungry are... Aziraphale began, stopping abruptly when he glanced up to look at Crowley, who had now removed his shirt and draped it over the armrest of the sofa. Crowley raised his eyebrows. Oh, you're stunning. Despite the intimacy they had already shared, Crowley felt his cheeks heating. Uh, thanks, Angel. So are you. Aziraphale's gaze tracked up and down over Crowley's bare torso, making him squirm a little. How? Oh. Aziraphale began again, swallowing roughly. How hungry are you? If your intentions for that chocolate are the same as mine, very hungry. Oh, oh good. All right. Aziraphale broke apart the squares of chocolate and placed them into the fondue pot, then started unwrapping a second bar. Crowley leaned forward to peer into the pot, watching the edges of each square of chocolate begin to soften. Once the second bar had been broken up and added to the pot, Aziraphale began to gently stir the gradually melting chocolate. It would have felt intimate and romantic were it not for the periodic screams emanating from the television, which Aziraphale was doing a very good job of ignoring. That looks ready now, Crowley ventured hopefully. Aziraphale chuckled. <laughs> not quite. Some of it's ready. Let's see. Aziraphale dipped his fingers into the fondue pot, coating it with melted chocolate and quickly applying it to Crowley's neck. Aziraphale pressed his tongue flat against Crowley's skin, removing the chocolate in one long, firm lick. Crowley's skin felt like it was on fire, and his trousers started feeling even tighter. I think you're right. My turn. Crowley insisted breathlessly, lowering his own finger into the pot, cradling his other hand underneath as he withdrew it to ensure he wouldn't trip chocolate onto Aziraphale's carpet or the sofa. He slowly dragged his finger along Aziraphale's skin to deposit the chocolate near the base of his throat. Crowley decided to opt for a different technique than what Aziraphale had gone for, something that would last longer, and left lightly but persistently at his skin. Aziraphale sighed contentedly and shuffled backwards so he could lean against the sofa cushions. Crowley moved with him and started to suck gently at what little chocolate remained.
You really are very gentle. That okay? Yes, I like it. Stay there. I need more chocolate. Crowley stretched his arm out to reach the fondue pot, coating all of his fingers. Much more easily this time, since the chocolate had properly melted now. He's played his fingers and smeared the chocolate all down the side of Aziraphale's neck and over his collarbone. Hmm, this might take a while. Crowley murmured, his lips pressed against Aziraphale's skin, as he began to delicately lick away the chocolate. When he reached the spot between Aziraphale's neck and shoulder, Aziraphale gently crept his hair, holding his head in place, just as he'd done in the castle. He moaned softly, squirming against the sofa cushions, his breathing heavy and ragged. Oh, fuck, he's so hot. Rowley pulled away to glance up at him, wanting to see his face, and Aziraphale loosened his hold on him. Aziraphale was looking back at him with parted lips and hungry eyes. The fire burning in the pit of Crowley's stomach intensifying in response. Do you want more? Want me to do it harder? Yes. With his hands still in Crowley's hair, Aziraphale encouraged him back into his previous position, and Crowley began to fervently suck and bite his way along Aziraphale's neck and collarbone, removing the chocolate from him with his lips, teeth, and tongue. Aziraphale maintained his grip on Crowley's hair, tugging gently and sending hot shivers shooting down Crowley's spine. Aziraphale's other hand flexed against Crowley's waist, squeezing more tightly whenever Crowley grazed his skin with his teeth or sucked a little harder. Crowley could have quite happily have spent the entire evening like this, listening to Aziraphale's tantalizing sighs and moans of pleasure, the film they were both actively ignoring playing in the background the sweet taste of chocolate on his tongue. He couldn't get enough of it. He slung his leg over Xerophil, straddling him, rolling his hips and grinding against him. Xerophil gasped, his grip on Crowley's waist tightening as he thrust up back against him. Oh, angel, you feel incredible. Crowley could feel how hard Aziraphale was, and was just beginning to consider suggesting licking chocolate from somewhere else, when they were interrupted by the sound of the doorbell. Uh, ignore it. Yes, I was rather planning to, given the situation I currently find myself in laughed and then returned his attention to licking the remains of the chocolate from Aziraphale's neck, sliding his hands down his sides and hooking into the waistband of his trousers, fingertips tracing around the button. May I? Yes, please. 
Crowley sat upright and moved to release the button on Aziraphale's trousers, but stopped abruptly when something thudded loudly against the window. What the? After a couple more thuds, Crowley leapt up and rushed to the window, peering outside. He found a group of four kids throwing toilet rolls at the bookshop, the white strands of paper strewn about of the street. Crowley pushed open the window, shouting at them. Oi! Trick or treat! We haven't got anything! Get out of here! Ah! A toilet roll came hurtling right at Crowley's face. He reflexively raised his hand and caught it. Oh, you're going to regret that! Crowley turned to Aziraphale, who had sidled up to him, apparently curious to discover what was going on. I still have some chocolate left. I could put on a shirt and... No! They're the ones who declared war, and I have other plans for that chocolate. Crowley added, salaciously, kissing Aziraphale on the cheek. You got any water balloons? As surprising as I'm sure this will be to you, no, I'm afraid I do not. Okay, how about condoms? Crowley asked with a cheeky grin, watching the movement on the street below out of the corner of his eye and successfully catching another toilet roll that was locked at him. To use as water balloons? Crowley shrugged. Why not? Mightn't we want to save them for their intended purpose? Aziraphale settled his hands on Crowley's waist and pulled him a little way back from the window, out of sight, before softly brushing his lips down the length of Crowley's neck. Crowley shivered, and it had nothing to do with the cold autumn air blowing against his bare torso through the open window. Well, okay, yeah, that's a good point. Crowley agreed, breathlessly. Aziraphale nibbled at his skin, and Crowley tucked him closer, hands on his hips, so that their bodies were flushed together, then got hit on the side of the face with another toilet roll. He let it fall to the floor and stepped back closer to the window. Ah, you're just supplying your enemy with ammunition, you know. He shouted down to the giggling children on the street before turning back to Aziraphale, even more determined now to resolve, i.e. win, this conflict so that they could get back to their previous activities. Right. Do you have a bucket or something we could fill with water? You're not going to pour water over them, are you? They're children, and it's dreadfully cold outside. Oh. You think we should go more castle-inspired and use boiling hot oil? Crowley deadpanned. Aziraphale looked at him with wide eyes. <laughs> I'm just teasing. I'm not going to melt them or drown them. I just need some water, that's all. The sooner I get rid of them, the sooner we can go back to what we were doing. Please, Angel. Aziraphale attempted to look at him reproachfully, but he was doing a poor job of containing the smile that curled at the corners of his lips. Instead, she scowled playfully and looked ridiculous.
ridiculously hot doing it, making Crowley's stomach swoop. He disappeared out of the door, and Crowley grinned when he heard the sound of running water. Aziraphale returned a moment later with a red bucket filled halfway with water. Brilliant. Thanks. Crowley started pulling sheets off the toilet rolls the children had so foolishly gifted him, submerging them in the water and then squeezing them tightly into balls. Prepare to endure my vengeance! He shouted down before lobbing the balls at the kids, who shrieked and tried to evade them, but didn't run away. He managed to splat the tallest boy right in the cheek, and the only girl in the group in the leg. The children laughed and scooped up the squelchy paper balls, lobbing them back at Crowley, his face aching from how much he was grinning. Aziraphale affectionately squeezed his bicep, and Crowley's eyes widened as Aziraphale squatted down and pulled a few sheets of one of the toilet rolls on the floor before dunking them in the bucket. You're going to fight alongside me? Really? Of course, my dear. I have very good aim. Aziraphale proved his point as he threw the sopping wet clump of toilet paper at the children, hitting the curly-haired one, who seemed to be the ringleader, right in the face. The boy peeled it off and stared up at him in awe. Crowley stared at Aziraphale too, although what he was feeling wasn't quite all. A surge of heat suffused throughout his gut. Oh, wow, that was hot. <laughs> Thank you. Aziraphale's cheeks flushed. It was utterly adorable. You really do have good aim. Hopefully I'll have further opportunities to demonstrate to you how good I am at hitting my intended target. Crowley searched Aziraphale's face for a clue that he might have meant what Crowley thought of when he said that. The deepening of the blush on his cheeks and the way he dipped his chin suggestively, he probably had. Aziraphale abandoned Crowley at the window then, returning a moment later with four bars of chocolate. No! No! Crowley grabbed Aziraphale's wrists, attempting to prise the chocolate from his hands making no effort to avoid rubbing up against him as they wrestled. <sniffs> Aziraphale was clearly much stronger than him, and could easily have wrenched his arms free had he wanted to, which led Crowley to the conclusion that he was enjoying it. Maybe they could engage in a little more wrestling later. Eventually, Crowley yielded, and let Aziraphale throw the chocolate down to the children, although he still pouted about it. Oh, I fought hard to defend those. I know you did, but I have other plans for you. Aziraphale drawled, pulling him into a kiss that made Crowley's legs go wobbly. Crowley heard the window close with a thud and shivered. I think you need warming up now, don't you? <laughs> yeah, 
I think maybe I do. Aziraphale hummed an agreement and threw Crowley into another kiss. You wanted those children to have fun, didn't you? It was very sweet. Aye, Crowley objected, although the way Aziraphale was looking at him made him less determined to lie about it. I'm not sweet. I'm a scary vampire, remember? Even so, it seems that I'm the one who successfully lured you into my lair. Didn't you say something earlier about laying me down and showing me how good a vampire you can really be? Aziraphale's hand slipped down to Crowley's ass, squeezing gently as he rolled his hips against him, making Crowley's breath catch in his throat, heat pulsating in his groin. Yeah, yeah, I did. Come on, then. Aziraphale said sweetly, taking Crowley's hand and leading him towards the bedroom. Come and bite me all over. Crowley laughed and tucked Aziraphale towards him, drawing him into another kiss. <laughs> oh, it would be my pleasure. The end.